Welcome to To Every Generation, the broadcast ministry of Calvary Chapel Crossfields, located in Jamesburg, New Jersey, where we teach through the entire Bible, verse by verse, and make application to every generation so we can grow in our relationship with God. Matthew 5. Verses 17 and 18, and we're going to center around this theme. The benefits of living a Christ-centered, Christ-honoring life. The benefits of living a Christ-centered, Christ-honoring life. I want to read a couple scriptures, one here in Matthew 5, and then we'll quickly go to 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 and 17. Do not think that I came to destroy the law or the prophets. I did not come to destroy, but to fulfill. For assuredly I say to you, till heaven and earth pass away, one jot or one tittle will by no means pass from the law until all is fulfilled. This Christ's way of telling us that Everything you read in my word, you can trust, you can believe. And everything that needs to be fulfilled will be fulfilled. Second scripture in 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. And this scripture was confirmed with me as I drove here to church because I heard a pastor preach on just this one scripture. And I said, wow, God is so good. All scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly equipped in every good work. Thoroughly equipped. In other words, if you read it, study it, and incorporate it into your life, you'll profit by it. You will profit by it. You'll be justified through it. And if you should stumble, you'll be corrected by it. For he who he loves, he does chasten, the word says. And God has built in, in some assurances in his word. Like in 1 John 2 and 3, we read, Now by this we know him, if we keep his commandments. So therefore, if we have a desire to always keep his commandments, we know we are of his. If we have a desire to only do the things that please our flesh, we've got some problems in our life and we need to correct them and we need to seek God's forgiveness and seek his direction in our life. There's a scripture in the Old Testament in 2 Chronicles 7.14 that for many years was my life verse. And by that I mean that it was a verse that has ministered to me above all the other verses and all scripture is good. But this verse came upon my heart in a mighty way in the early 70s 
I had just recently been called into the ministry. And this verse was one of the verses that New Jersey for Jesus had for its theme. I don't know how many people remember those times, New Jersey for Jesus. You're showing your age, sister. <laughs> and I was part of a church that uh, came together, and as a group, we went up to the Meadowlands. Remember that? Yeah. And the theme was, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven. Go ahead. And heal and forgive their sins. That's the key verse. And heal their lands. Yes. That verse has been very powerful in my walk with the Lord because he, in it he was telling me, if you would just hear my voice, if you would just try to reach out and be guided by my spirit, then I'll forgive your, your sins and heal your lands. And God has been no shorter than that promise in my life. There's been many things that's happened in my life in the last 40 some odd years which he has called me. You know, I've heard many preachers in the last few years preach on many different topics surrounding dispensationalism. As though God changes the way he has encouraged us, the way he has caused us to seek after him. Well, my word says, God said, I changeth not. You can trust every word that's in Scripture, whether it's in Genesis or it's in Revelation. You can trust every single word. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Now, I know that when Christ came, he came to fulfill many things that was prophesied. And I'm not dealing with those things. I'm dealing with the instructions that God has laid upon the hearts of those who love him. Thou shalt not. Thou shalt not. He still doesn't want his people to fall into the traps of the sinful man, those who look to please themselves. God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And never forget that verse in Matthew 5.18 Every jot and every tittle will be fulfilled. I like the way the psalmist puts it in Psalm 125 verse 1. They that trust in the Lord shall be as Mount Zion which cannot be moved but abideth forever. Do you know you can be indestructible. I'm not talking about your physical body. I'm talking about your desire to, 
to do the things that are pleasing unto the Lord. I'm talking about your influence with your neighbor, with your children, with your spouse. You can be indestructible if you have the Lord, if you're seeking his face in all things. There's nothing in this world that will destroy you without his knowing it. And we're only talking about your human existence. We're not talking about your final outcome in life. And the way King David writes in Psalm 20 and verse 7, this was a scripture song that we used to sing years ago. Some trust in chariots and some in horses, but we will remember the name of the Lord our God. I can still remember in our home Friday night meetings in my house, you know, even getting to where we were marching around the room singing, some trust in chariots and some in horses, and we will remember the name of the Lord our God. And I know our children remember that because they were also, during that time, they were young, but they remember those times when we would just sing and have a great time in the spirit with those who would come. You see, you can trust what you read in Holy Scripture. You can trust it for biblical doctrine, to live your life by it, and you can trust it for correction and instruction in righteousness. And who is this man of God it's speaking of? That the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly equipped in every way. Who is this man of God he's speaking of? You say, bro, Pastor Sam, it's, it's those uh, who are called as a pastor or called as a minister or, uh, you know, someone who has a special title. Well, that's true, but it's also every one of us sitting in this room. He does not require any less of me than he requires of you. And that is to love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your mind, and all your soul. That verse has never changed. And he wants us to love him, to be guided by his spirit, to know him. Because there's freedom in this life if we know him. See, if we know him, and I mean really know the Lord. We can face any obstacle that may come our way. Anything that Satan wants to throw in our path, and he will throw obstacles in your path. He'll throw them in, in your path by way of your spouse. He'll cause differences to happen between you and your spouse that you say, now where did that come from? Well, it's the enemy. One of the things the enemy hates more than anything else is to see a couple who love the Lord. He does not like to see peace in a household because marriage is ordained of God. And I remember not too long ago, four or five years ago, how this concept really came to my understanding 
There was a young couple who was in another church that my family used to be part of, or another church that I was part of the pastorate of. In fact, I met this young, lovely young lady sitting over here uh, when we were at that church, and that's been a few years ago. But this couple was beginning to go through some marital difficulties. The fella had shared with me that he felt that his wife was not the kind of wife that she should be. She doesn't fix him food and she doesn't do this. He had a whole list he ran down that she wasn't doing. Well, come to find out, she did most of those things on that list, but he wasn't receiving them. And it got to the place where the enemy got in the middle of that family and that he had two lovely young ladies as daughters. The enemy got in and caused him to leave her. Now we're talking about two people who profess Christ. Caused him to leave her, caused him to file for divorce, which he did. She would never sign the papers, but he received the divorce from her and moved away from her and, and was just out there. The enemy had really done a job on him. And I tried to minister to him, and he, the last resort, he, he called me up and he yelled at me over the phone. He was belligerent, and it just, he tried to sever the ties, but I knew that the enemy had gotten in the middle of that. It took him a couple years. But God, when he has his hand on you, he never lets go. You can trust him. He never lets go. He will continue to reach out for you and to woo you back unto himself because once he's put his seal on you, you're his. And he wants you to glorify him. Long story short, his sister living in South Jersey caused him to get in touch with some people that she was going to church with and they won his heart back to the Lord. Revealed his lifestyle to him and after about a year being down there he got in touch with his now former wife and said I want to come back. She had never signed a divorce. As far as she was concerned, she was still married to him. But she confided in my wife, and they had a tremendous relationship. And the counsel my wife gave her, which was wise counsel, was let him woo you again. Let him love you again. Let him prove himself that he has changed. And you know, for over a year, he did just that. He showed that he was a changed person. There's, is there anything too tough for the Lord? Nothing. Nothing is too tough for the Lord. You think that things, situations you're into, that they're just too far gone? God changes circumstances. He also changes people's hearts. And his heart was changed Remember I said the last thing that I spoke to him about, he yelled at me, he, he did a little bit more than that, but we won't go into that. 
But see how God works. He called me on the phone. Told me how wrong he had been. Told me that he was a changed person, that God had really turned his life around. And then he told me, if I were to ask, and I won't say her name, my ex-wife, and she agrees, would you marry us again? And I said, I would be blessed to. And we had a great time in a marriage situation. He is now continuing to love the Lord, to walk, you know, honorably before God. It's been over a year now, and, and I just think... I. I just thank God that he was so faithful to the prayers of those who lifted them up that he would allow us to see the change in his life. In 2 Timothy 2.15, can you see that one? 2 Timothy 2.15, the word says this, Study to show thyself approved, a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Study. And that word study is an interesting word. Now, I am not a Greek scholar, so if I stumble over this and we have some Greek scholars out there, you've got to forgive me. You can tell me later on. But the pronunciation of that Greek word for study there is spudadzo, spudadzo, meaning with all speed and diligence to endeavor and labor in your study. In other words, do all you can in haste to understand the deepest meanings of the scripture. Study to show yourself approved. Now, do you think God is serious about us finding out and understanding the deepest meanings of his word, you better believe he is. How can you or I rightly understand God's word unless we not only read it, but also meditate on it and allow the Holy Spirit to impart godly understanding and wisdom to rightly divide his word to our life? We need to meditate on God's words, not just read. Now, a lot of people have a gift of memorization. I don't have that gift. But I tell you this, whenever God puts me in a place to speak to someone, to share scripture or whatever, or share life's uh, intricacies with other people, he always gives me a verse from his word, something that I had hidden deep in my consciousness, and he brings it out and shares that I might share with others. And I thank God for that. So we need to meditate. That means read it, stop, think about it, and then listen to hear what God has to say about it. He wants to rightly divide his word in your heart and mind. Now with that in mind, there's a verse which has caused many to ponder over. And at the same time, 
The sold-out mature Christian has peace which passeth all understanding as though, uh, even though they're going through some tough times. Many of you know it. And this verse very often has become people's life verse. And it's found in Romans 8, 28. How many people can write, recite that verse? Yeah, I see many hands. It has become the life verse of many. I, a very close friend of ours who was a pastor's wife, that was her. She wrote that at the end of every card she wrote, every letter she sent, everything. She would recite this verse. And we know that all things work together for good to them that love the Lord, to them who are the called according to his purpose. Who is this we that the scripture is talking about? And we know. Who is that that scripture is talking about? Let me just give you a couple of what Sam thinks. Those who strive to walk in the statues of the Lord and to live by his commandments. That's the we. Also, those who do not value this earthly life higher than their love of their Savior Jesus Christ. That is, they will not deny the Lord even if it costs them their earthly life. Thirdly, to those who, no matter what the circumstances, will always, even through those circumstances, no matter how devastating they are, to them and their family will always say, blessed be the name of the Lord. Blessed be the name of the Lord. And that's who we are, or we're supposed to be. And when we think of this verse, many life experiences come to my mind, but the one which really jumps out at me, and a lot of you here I know have heard my wife's testimony, and I told her I was going to meddle and I was going to preach on her, but she always blames me for doing that all the time. But she's my best subject, <laughs> you know. It was about 3 a.m. in the morning, Father's Day, 2005. She woke me up screaming holding her head, her head was pounding, her eyes was rolling back into her head, she was in tremendous pain. And I said, what's going on? She said, Sam, Sam, I, I, this pain, I, don't, I can't take this pain. We called the ambulance, who came within just less than five minutes, it seemed, but they came quickly and they transported her to Princeton Hospital. She was rushed in right away through the emergency and they worked on her and did all kinds of tests on her for almost two hours and they came out to see me and they said, Mr. Turner, we don't know what's wrong with your wife. We don't know what's going on. Would we suggest that you give us permission to airlift her 
to Jefferson Hospital in Philadelphia. And I said, yes, just take her wherever, whatever. And they did. She left by way of helicopter and I jumped in my car and I forget if my kids were in the car, I don't know, during that time. Do you remember? And you were with your husband, I know. But uh, I forget whose, but by the time I got to Jefferson Hospital, it was on the corner of 9th and Walnut, but by the time I got there, she was in a room. The attendants had sort of left her. She had tubes coming out of her head in all different places where they were you know, draining her, her brain, really, of, of blood. Her blood had built up so much in her, in her head that her brain, brain was starting to swell, and she had tubes coming out of her arms and all different kinds of places, and they had put her in an induced coma. And once they knew that I was there and the, the surgeon came out to see me, who incidentally was the number one surgeon, brain surgeon, on the whole East Coast. And he just happened to be there to look after my wife. Coincidence, right? God knows where we are and what we're going through. Long story short, we found out that she had something called an arterial venous fissure. I don't know how many medical people are here, but if you are, you know exactly what that is. All I know is what they told me, and I can relate in general exactly what was taking place. It was something that she was born with a certain deficit, which has to do with the capillaries between the vein and the arteries. From what I heard, from what the doctors, the surgeons told me, that when she was born, and it, it's not all that unusual with a lot of people, but when she was born, uh, all of us have veins and arteries going to and from the brain. But between the two, See, you can't have an artery pushing blood right into the vein. The capillaries will pick up the used blood and transport it to the veins, which will transport it back to the heart to get renewed with oxygen and nutrients and things like that. Well, over the years, it kept building up and building up. There weren't enough capillaries to always completely take care of all the used blood that was transported to the brain. Normally, they told us that that shows up when a person's either in their 40s or 50s. Well, this young lady was well over 10 years past that point at that time. And God knew what she needed. So, that was Father's Day, 2005. She went through the next nine months, nine brain procedures. 
nine, the, not nine, I'm sorry, six. The first five, they went up through the groin, past the heart, right to the brain, and did what they had to do, and then came back out. They could only stay but a short period of time, but each time they were sealing off certain arteries so they wouldn't continue to pump too much blood in that area. The last time was in February of 2006 where they had to give her a craniotomy, which means they cut your skull open and lay it down and do the last work that way. And you say to me, Pastor Sam, how could that have been? How could that have worked to our good? Her having to go through such a thing like that. Well, I'll tell you. I'm glad you asked that question. <laughs> you see, she was born with those kind of deficits. Number one, and for me, the greatest thing is God gave her back to me. For many people who have this problem, don't live through it. We've enjoyed almost a dozen years of married life, and even last year, God allowed us to celebrate 50, the golden anniversary. the new and improved Carolyn Turner <laughs> has no, no deficits of brain function. Only God can do that. Only God, yeah! <laughs> Only God can do that. <clears throat> and during our added time together, I don't believe God extended her life. I believe this was the life that she was supposed to have. But during these last almost 12 years, we have seen many people come to know the Lord in our living room and in our family room. Many people. We have seen God work miracles in people's lives, like that couple I just spoke of. We've seen physical healings because we have put him first. But you say, Pastor Sam, of course those things will happen to you. You have a calling on your life. Yes, I do. But so do you. God does not require anything more from me than he requires from you. God wants us to love him with all of our heart, mind, body, and soul. And I say amen to that. Acts 10, 34 and 35. In the King James Version, it says, Then Peter the Apostle Peter, opened his mouth and said, Of a truth, I perceive that God is no respecter of persons, but in every nation he that feareth him and worketh righteousness is accepted by him and with him. The Revised Standard Version puts it 
just a little bit differently, but yet the same. He says, God shows no partiality, but in every nation, anyone who fears him and does what is right is acceptable by him. I have four little nuggets that I want to share with you, and they're not, I have to confess, they're not things that I just came up with. They're, they're things that I'm borrowing from so many people I've heard over the years and just have stuck with me. And So I want to share these four little nuggets of truth. Number one, seek to know and understand your calling in God. Every one of you here has a calling, a God-ordained calling on your life. Some have more ministry callings than others, that's true, but none of us have a calling any greater than anyone else. Seek to find out what your calling is in God and follow your call with all all the energy you can muster, and you will never know the full joy of the Lord unless you get fully engaged in following the calling God has on your life. I know that from personal experience. Number two, seek first the kingdom of God, and every good and perfect thing will be added unto you. You are not your own. You've been bought with a price. And that price is the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Number three, fear will kill faith. Hear me. Fear will kill faith, but faith kills fear. Why do you think Jesus said over and over again to his own disciples, Oh, ye of little faith. Because he knew that those who had greater faith could do greater works because they would rely more on their Heavenly Father. So fear not. Jesus said in the New Testament, he says, if you had faith of a mustard seed, you can tell that mountain to be moved. Now we think right away that it's a physical dirt-filled hill that reaches up to the sky, but there's a lot of mountains in our lives that we find very difficult to climb. In fact, impossible to climb unless we have the faith to put one foot in front of the other and trust and rely on our Heavenly Father. And number four, seldom does God ever give us a get out of the situation card. You know, you, you play Monopoly, get out of jail card. Seldom does he ever give us a get out of the situation card. More times than not, what he gives us is a go-through-the-situation spirit. 
He wants us to go through to see the other side, to see how he can work in and through us that we can be instruments for others to be encouraged because we've already gone through. You know how it is when you know someone who is going through the same, almost the same thing you're going through? And when they speak, your ears just perk up because you know they're speaking from experience. God wants to use each one of us in that way. And he'll give us a spirit of conquering and a spirit of overcoming. Now, it's not to say he might not give you a spirit of a get-out-of-the-situation spirit, but most of the time he doesn't. And that's all right, because if we fully trust in him, we can say, Lord, I trust you, and I can go through this with your help. No matter what it takes, no matter how the hurts come from the people I'm trying to love, and that will happen. But I trust you, Lord, and at the end, you'll see his hand in that situation. You see, we've gone through many hurting situations and we then are better equipped to minister with compassion to others who are going through very similar things. God first looks at us and says he wants to work things in us. He wants to work his will in you and I. And then secondly, he, work, he looks to work things through us. After he's worked things in our lives, he then wants to use us and work things through us. And finally, he'll do things for us. You see? He's not a, what you call a sugar daddy who you can just call on any time and he'll give you everything you want. But he wants us to be instruments of his mercy and of his love. So he knows, because he's created us, that we need to have him work on things in us first. And then he can work things through us to tell to help others, and then he'll work things for us. He wants to work all things together for our good. And when you know experientially what someone else is facing, your words oftentimes will touch a deeper note and will receive more readily by the one who needs to be built up. So living a Christ-centered, Christ-honoring life begins by yielding our will to him and then trusting him to fulfill, to provide for every need in our own personal lives. And I like the way Philippians 2 reads, Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. 
Amen. Amen. Let's pray. You've been listening to To Every Generation from Calvary Chapel Crossfields. We're located at 15 Half Acre Road in Jamesburg, New Jersey. We meet for Bible study Wednesdays at 7.30 p.m. and Sunday service begins at 10.30 a.m. On Sundays, we have children's church for all ages in addition to infant and nursery care. You can find out more about the ministry here at Calvary Chapel Crossfields by going to cccrossfields.org. Thanks for listening, and may God bless you. Let's